National Talkie League. Welcome, sports fans, to another edition of the National Talkie League. It's season three, week nine. I'm Dave Ware. That guy over there is Roger Kincaid. Roger, how are you doing today, bud? Oh, Dave, you know, I got ingrown toenail, but it's not on my foot. Other than that, I'm just fine. Thank you very much for asking. Fantastic. You got a theme song for us today? I do have a theme song. Are you ready for it? I am. And a one, and a two, and a three, and a cinco, and National Talkie League. We're talking politics, National Talkie League. We're talking deer ticks, National Talkie League. We've all got skeptics. I like it, Roger. It's a little out there. You took a risk. I like a guy who takes a risk. It was 100% improvised. I was really making it up as I went along, kind of like the first two years of the Notley government. Whoa. Whoa. Harsh but true words. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, you know what? I think in this day and age, we're, uh, we're very quick to uh, judge. We're very quick to take people to task for getting things wrong. And there's not enough praise for those who just, you know, just, as they say in the parlance of your favorite sport, just swing for the fences. Swing for the bleachers. Yes. See, and sticking with the parlance of my favorite sport, you're a you're an icon in that game if you fail 70% of the time. I think that's like that's one of the biggest issues that we have in life is that people are so petrified of mistakes, of making mistakes, um, that they just simply won't take the chance and go out there and make them. And really, uh, we wouldn't be where we are today if we weren't really willing to like risk everything. So, um yeah, I don't know. Like fortune favors the bold, right? And the risk takers. And I think that the 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 way that we need to get ourselves as individuals and then as smaller parts of a collective to create a collective, we got to just be willing to to go with our guts from time to time, stick our neck out, and make things happen. Roger, I fail almost exclusively. Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> but I've learned so much from all of my failures. I'm just not done learning yet. Is the problem. Uh, speaking of failures, uh, should we should we go through the rundown here? Yeah, please, man, lay it down. All right, so uh, let's see. We need to order things in uh, in order of uh, least to most important stuff to talk about this week. I think, I think just to shake things up, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go in the same order as if you were telescoping up and out on a map. So we're gonna start with the municipal, and we're gonna go to the the provincial, and then we're gonna do federal. I know mm-hmm. you're thinking, but the election and it's always provincial last, but not this week, folks. Not this week. Yeah, we start in our Fairburg where uh, snow has you know kind of crept in again, which was I, I really think part of the Game of Thrones promotional campaign. <laughs> so I'm I'm willing to forgive the producers of that show. Uh, winter came back, uh, but now it just kind of like reinforced it, like why we put the gravel on the roads so that you can feel better about seeing the don't park here signs when it comes time for the uh, city spring cleanup. Yeah, uh, I actually had to go out and drive through that mess. Uh, my kid was out at the Calgary Expo, uh, and so we were talking, should we go out for dinner? The weather's looking pretty nasty. Maybe let's not. But then it's like, well, we got to pick the kid up from the LRT station anyway. And the sushi place is like right around the corner from the LRT station. Right. So we went out. But I'll tell you, man, it was a pretty harrowing drive back home. 
Uh, I had, of course, already taken my winter tires off, foolishly. Uh, And so, I mean, I managed to get up the hill. I put her her in low gear and just took my time. But there was a lot of people that were stuck and didn't know what to do. And, uh, yeah, it was a little little harrowing. And then, of course, to add insult to injury, I get up the next day, you know, and there's no snow left on the street at all. It's all just... (laughs) That's right. I want to talk a bit more about adding insult to injury later on. Like, what a dick move. You know, to like break a guy's ankle, then call him a jerk. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, it's funny. I drove out to Canmore on Saturday with some buddies and we left at like 11. So before it was really bad, I mean, we just, you know, well, it wasn't bad at all. Actually, it was just kind of starting to snow for a little bit, uh, but the roads were fine. And then while we're out there, like all hell broke loose. We drove back on Sunday Um you know, at about noon-ish, just before noon. And like the highway, the highway was okay, but man, the carnage was everywhere. Like buses and trucks in the ditch. It was just nuts seeing all the cars that were off the road. And amazing how little it takes, you know. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. that you but couldn't I mean, see much. It was blowing pretty hard and then it was icing up. And so everybody's just sliding. So it was crazy. Yeah, it was it was wild. But um so you were you're speaking about the gravel earlier, and that brings us to our, our municipal issue, which is street sweeping. So it's that season where the city comes and gets all that nice gravel and takes it away once again. Um, but what I've been hearing a lot through Reddit, so again, I don't know how seriously we can take this, but I'm hearing a lot of people <laughs> saying that uh, the signage is not as good this year, that it's a lot further apart. And so people are used to having a sign like on their street or close to their street saying that, you know, the streets here will be done in these two days. Normally, that's what the ones I'm used to seeing say, you know, this day or this day. And you know that you just can't park there those two days. But I'm hearing that people either aren't seeing the signs because they're so far apart or the signs say like the fifth. And then on the fourth, uh, the parking guys are coming around and ticketing everybody. And then they're trying to do the street that day anyway. So Hmm. I don't know. I mean, this could be a case of sour grapes for people who have gotten tickets and they're just saying, oh, I didn't see the sign. Or this could be, you know, the city of Calgary's new revenue generation. (laughs) I'm seeing uh, 19,000 tickets issued in the first two weeks of street sweeping. And in the first four weeks, uh, $1.9 million worth of tickets. Wow, where are you getting that those numbers? Uh, the from the Herald and uh, CTV, those two stories. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. See, I'm just I get annoyed when people park on the street during like when the street cleanup is coming along, and I don't really know why. I think it's because when I was a kid, we used to play road hockey, and like playing road hockey on the clean street is way better than when the gravel's all out there and stuff like that. And, you know, you're taking a small stone in the teeth when you're trying to make a kick save of the tennis ball. So I think that nostalgically, I just get really pissed when people park on the street when they're supposed to be the the street cleaning. Um, and plus, you know, if you have OCD, it kind of wrecks the pattern, right? Like you can oh, see it that that day. What? I was just going to say, I've got no problem. Like people who actually park there when this, the streets are being done, they should get a ticket. It's annoying, especially if it's your neighbor and then your part of your street doesn't get done because they, they have to veer around him. But mm-hmm. what I'm understanding is that that's not what's happening here. This is not that people are willfully leaving their cars there. It's that they're not getting the proper notification to know that their, yeah. uh, their cars should be moved. So what's the conspiracy theory then? Is it the signs are not conspicuous enough? Uh, well, the part that I read was uh, this guy said, yeah, there was two signs. They were eight blocks apart. 
Uh, and so normally in the past they would put the, the signs a little closer to your street. Cause sure. I mean, six blocks away, if buddy's getting his done, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get to your street that day. Right? right. So what I'm reading is a, the city has changed the way they do the signage. And they're also sort of expecting people to go to the website and find out when their street's supposed to be done. And so right. maybe they haven't communicated that change very well. And they are like viciously taking advantage of that fact, as we can see from 1.9 million. <laughs> Which, by my math, at eighty dollars a ticket is twenty three thousand seven hundred and fifty tickets. Yeah, you know how they do like the Amber Alert, and they can send a message to everybody's phone all at once. Mm-hmm. They should they should do the same thing with like the you know street sweeping. Sweet, like then- I, I I like that they do that with the Amber Alert, right? Hey, look out for this brown car; it's got a kid in it. Like, oh, okay, and then everybody's like, "Wow, peepers peeled." Yeah, I want to save the kid, but it, they could also kind of do that with like, hey. Vote today. Don't be a jerk. Get out there and vote. <laughs> like, and you know what? You're you're on to something here because since this is a city-run system, then they could also say, uh, it's Wednesday night. Hey, uh, Roger, your uh, your blue card gets picked up tomorrow. Notification. Mm-hmm. Put your blue card out. Right. So you can get those notifications. Like you can you can uh, download the 311 Fantastic. App, it worked and, already. Yeah. Yeah, we've already right. solved that problem. That's great. My, my my wife and I'll be out for dinner on a, on a Monday night, and she gets a message on her phone like, "Hey, the blue card gets picked up tomorrow." And my response is always, "I know it's Tuesday, <laughs> like <laughs> like that's when they do it." <laughs> you know, so um, but I don't know. Like for the, I think that that the citizen that wants to complain about, uh, you know, how the city is wasteful of their tax dollars and whatnot, you got to be the first one to go downloading that three one one app. <laughs> and like making point, yeah. it easier for the city to, you know, cheaper and, and more efficient for the city to get the message out there. <laughs> well, and I mean, we know the city's got a bit of a revenue problem. So there might be something to that conspiracy theory. And it may just be the city going, well, you know, the notifications there. You guys aren't just you're just not reading it. My right. uh, my it, parking rate went back up. It had gone down for a few years. I park in a city lot. And okay. uh, it went back, it jumped back up. It was like 312 and then it dropped down to like 285 and now it's back up to three something again. Right. Uh, so, you know, they're trying to grab a little money where they can. You know, so I, there's a couple of questions that are coming up here. But first of all, I want to rag on old people a little bit more. Okay. Um, and, you know, because it's tax time, right? And remember how like the old way was you'd go to the post office and you'd get that paper booklet and then you'd fill out all the boxes and then you'd put it in the envelope and then you'd mail it in, right? And then weeks later, you'd get your return and now you just go to H&R Block and they give you money. But you know, you can do all that stuff electronically too, right? With U-File and maybe some other services. But I remember when um, the government was one day saying like, well, we're not printing as many of those tax forms as we used to. You heard all these old people complaining about it. And it was just sort of like, you're the first ones to complain about misspent tax dollars. And now here's something you can do to like make make it more effective and all of a sudden like you want them spending more money. Just <laughs> there's so much hypocrisy in that. And if they're having trouble getting those tax returns, uh, you just put them in the Tim Hortons and at the mall because that's where old people go. They <laughs> walk around the mall sense. first thing yeah. in the morning and then they go to the Tim Hortons. <laughs> that's exactly right. But like the post office like, "Hey, let's put this irrelevant booklet at the irrelevant store." <laughs> Wait, when you say post office, you mean place where you take things that you want to return to Amazon. That's what you meant, right? Yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. No, you know, it's. Uh, it, I'm talking, of course, uh, Dave, about the, the place where you would go to frank something. 
You mean Shoppers Drug Mart, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about the back of the Shoppers Drug Mart. Uh, do that. Go into a post office and and ask if uh, if would you mind franking this for me, and then hand them a postcard and see what they <laughs> what kind of reaction they got. That's a word that no one uses. That is a word that no one uses. It's a good word. Thank you, Roger. Um, I had some questions about about what blue cart pickups. Now I, I lost my train of thought. I should have jotted it down. But there so was like, I, what I take is that your your blue cart comes on a Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. Minus Thursday morning. Right. I forget. I was. I had something about uh, making blue cart pickup more efficient. But then I just started my old hobby when I worked on talk radio of pointing out when old people are being wrong. <laughs> and since your talk radio was was uh, substantially uh, filled with old people listening, that must have gone over well. You know, they just didn't like the. You're, the you're shit, still right? working like, there, aren't you, Roger? Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Now I remember one time. Like, do you remember the idiotic thing about how? And and by the way, we'll get back on track in just a sec. But the thing about how, like, we shouldn't be giving money to other countries when we've got homeless, you know, people here at home. Right. I was like, okay, well then, do something. But like, don't tell me that the homeless problem is keeping you awake at night. Like that's a convenient argument and people hated hearing that kind of stuff. But yeah, anyway, I think that's ultimately why I got fired. <laughs> uh, well, their loss, our gain, Roger. That's all I have. To say. <laughs> that's right. <Our> gain. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Uh, okay. So let's move on then. Uh, we'll leave the, uh, we'll sweep away that, leave it behind <laughs> and move on to the provincial level. So, a new day has dawned in Alberta. Uh, the cabinet was sworn in today. We got a bunch of new cabinet ministers. We got a new premier. We got some new throw pillows in the <laughs> seats in the House of Commons or the Legislative Assembly or whatever they call mm-hmm. it, the throne room. I don't know. <clears throat> it is it is definitely the ledge. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. This is a boring kind of thing like I, I i just it's funny to me how much press coverage the cabinet swearing in and the cabinet appointments get when really it's like if you look at what what happens uh you know what the the trudeau government's been able to do is just like toss these people out of cabinet uh you know when it when it suits him and you know they shuffle it around all the time um but it, I guess it's sort of interesting to see that you know certain people got certain appointments. I think the bigger news of the day is the is the whole you know turn off the taps legislation and and that it's you know been proclaimed now. So I guess that Jason Kenney can use that as a device to put some pressure on BC. And I think it's already starting to work. I would agree, um, but it's not working fast enough because I'm seeing a lot of people complaining that it's not the economy hasn't changed yet. Right. One, of the, one of the junior oil and gas companies uh, uh, called it quits yesterday. And so there was a lot of people going, oh, so what happened? Uh, how come under Kenny things aren't better? <laughs> oh, because the, that's not how business works. <laughs> they don't just one day go, you know what? Up till yeah. today it was great, but today we're done. So. <laughs> yeah, and that those are the first people to float the memes or the, you know, the infographic about how America did under Obama versus how America – is doing under Trump and like, I don't know. It's people tend to oversimplify those things. It's like when they compare the, you know, the provincial debt to a mortgage on your home as though like these two things are, you know, apples and apples. But yeah. um, no, what, what I like about the, the turn off the taps legislation is that 
Uh, it's a it's a it's a valid threat, and you've basically now you've got a situation where two neighboring provinces are willing to use public courts, which is horribly irresponsible, to settle their economic differences. And I think that uh, uh, overall, it really shows um, what a failure the feds are, what a failure the Trudeau government is, and what a failure national pro- uh, processes are to keep provinces working together. Well, and interestingly, I'm I'm also reading some people are saying, oh, so is the next step for Kenny to create the Alberta pension plan? So that instead of paying into the federal pension plan and having that much more money going to Ottawa, we may create our own in a way of starting to claw back that equalization payment, which is difficult to do because any money going to the feds. Uh, although, I, he said, not finishing his thought to interrupt it with another part of his thought, um, <laughs> Quebec, all all taxes in Quebec are paid to the provincial government and then they send the rest of it to the feds. So the question is, what if Alberta did something like that? We start collecting our own taxes. Yeah. You know, I would need someone smarter than I to let me know exactly how that mechanism works, but I got, I I got a rock here somewhere, Roger. I could just throw it at you. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That was harsh. I'm sorry. I take that. Well, at least you didn't injure me before you insulted me. Um, but uh, no, you know, I, that's an interesting question because I'd like to hear, you know, Trevor Toome's take on that. A lot of the, a lot of the, you the, mean the things the that swarthy, I. The bearded Trevor Toome? That's the yeah, one. there's a, there's the, he's like the, the economist on Game of Thrones. He just kind of wants to sweep <laughs> in there and go, you know, we wouldn't have to worry about this Night King guy if we had a value added tax. Just saying, like who would who would take over Westeroth if we if we had a much higher corporate tax rate than they do up north of the wall? <laughs> um, but it, but uh, no, because uh, you know a big part of the belly aching behind equalization is that like we send money to Ottawa, and mm-hmm. you know right or wrong, and however people interpret that correctly or incorrectly, then I just sort of wonder if there's not some sort of you know tax vehicle that the the Alberta government could come up with whereby they decrease their liability to the, to the federal purse. Well, and as from what I understand from our, our discussions with Trevor, one way to do that would be to create a uh, provincial sales tax because then in theory, Albertans are paying more of a tax burden, which means we send less of it as equalization because that equalization is based on what you're capable of paying, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what Trevor was saying. If, if we actually had our own uh, sales tax, we would actually end up sending less to Ottawa because we would actually already be being taxed at the provincial level. What a crazy argument. Like, can you imagine trying to get that one by the people? And we're going to tax you more so that the rest of Canada gets less. <laughs> Just to spite them. Yeah, perfect. I'm in. Where do I sign up? <laughs> so here was my favorite one that I was just reading today and uh, a lot of it on Facebook because because God bless Facebook, the best comments in the world, you know, uh, like Reddit's bad enough because it's people who think they know what they're talking about. But Facebook is people who have no concept at all. <laughs> and so it's a it's a rare day when I have to go in and correct a total stranger on Facebook. But it has to be pretty bad for me to go and do that. Uh, so today's was talking about uh, there was a headline that said, you know, more than half of Kenny's cabinet uh, is from the city of Calgary. More than half. So it's, I believe it's 24 ministers or something like that. So 13 at least were from the city of Calgary. And so then people are like, oh, I guess he knows where his bread is buttered. And my first thought was, well, he can only assign ministers from the seats that his party have won. I mean, I guess he could give the NDP some some 
cabinet positions, but that would be dumb. So <laughs> he can only choose from basically the city of Calgary and the rural areas. And so if he's done roughly half or slightly more than half from Calgary and then the rest from the rural areas, that sounds about right, doesn't it? Isn't that what you would do? Yeah, and like, so what anyway? Yeah, <laughs> like, sorry, like I get, I, I, I get the point that you just made, which is just painfully <laughs> logical. Like, but, but on top of that, who cares? Like, do you think now that all of a sudden the rest of the province, the rest of the province is just going to get ripped off because all these cabinet ministers are really only thinking about Calgary? Well, you know what? I'm a little bit choked, Roger, because uh, not all of the UCP uh, MLAs in the city of Calgary are in the cabinet. There are some that aren't. True fact. 100% of the MLAs from the city of Edmonton are in the cabinet. Does that sound Uh, fair to you? Of the UCP MLAs are in the cabinet. Sorry, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, 100% of the UCP MLAs from the city of Edmonton are in the cabinet. That when will Jason right. Kenny? when will he fix this imbalance? No kidding. Yeah. Only, only, I thought, only half of that guy should be in the cabinet. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's... You know, I I think that, yeah, it's... People are just trying trying too hard to find... Or maybe that's just where we are in the world now. Like maybe it's it's just too difficult for people to, you know, make profound or you know, reasonable comments on you know political <laughs> events anymore. I don't know. So uh, so this this may or may not set you off. Let's let's just test here. Let's see, right? Mm-hmm. So someone today was saying that oh, it strikes me that some of these seats, the people that are being put in charge of the, those port- portfolios, do we call it that at the provincial level still? Yep. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Some of people being put in charge of these portfolios have no background in those areas. Okay? That's okay, that's a fair statement. And so I replied to that. I said, well, you know, there's only so many people that you, it's only there's only like 57 people to choose from, right? You like if you get lucky and someone who's a, you know, a miner happens to run, then you put him in charge of mining, you're great. Otherwise, you might not be able to find somebody. And mm-hmm. this person's reply was, well, do they have to choose, you know, do they have to choose actual MLAs? And, to be cabinet ministers. Uh, yeah, that's, that was – so what, what they're proposing is that the premier should be just able to choose whoever as long as they know what they're doing in that area. Do you have any wow. thoughts on that? Yeah, that's maybe the dumbest thing I've heard in quite a while. So like let's just get this straight. We're going to elect a government, but we don't have to hold uh, – have them be the ones who are accountable <laughs> for how a ministry uh, – you know – is operated under the laws that are that are created. All right. I mean, uh, I guess you know if you like the American thing, where you can just go get Rex Tillerson to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what were you, you okay, say? role play. You, you could be my yeah. chief. Of, I'm Jason Kenny. You're my chief of staff. Okay. Yeah. Great. Okay, so, uh, so come in my office. Congratulations, Premier. It's a great day. I'm I'm here to serve. What can I do for you today? Well, thank you, Tyler. It's uh, good to have you here. Uh, um, yeah, I've uh, decided on some of the cabinet. Uh, Positions. Uh, oh, friend, yeah, friend. You write these down Absolutely. for me. Yeah, all I right, got my so, fountain uh, pen out. Go ahead. All right. So the health portfolio. It's yes. uh, Ralph Kenny is going to be great, in charge of that. Yeah. Great choice. One issue I have with that though. Oh, what's that? Yeah. Uh, we don't have a, a, a Ralph Kenny on the roster of elected members of the legislative. Oh assembly. no, no, he's he's not. I, I'm just choosing whoever I want. 
Well, I just kind of think I should remind you. It's it's written at the very top of this memo about selecting the cabinet that you can really only choose from the 60-odd that were elected. So, Listen, I was online today, and this is what people want, okay? So write that wow, down. You, Ralph Kenny. Ralph okay, Kenny got it. Yeah. What's the next one? What's the next one? Uh, energy. Uh, energy. Minister of Energy. Yeah. Energy. Okay, that's going to be a, that's a Linda Kenny. Uh, spelling on the last name, please. It's a K E N N E Y. Same as mine. Oh, that. Okay, and then same yeah. as. Okay. Same as Ralph. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's my my aunt and uncle. Uh, I'm gonna put them uh, in charge of those two. Okay, you know, I'm gonna I'm just gonna make a little note for myself. Uh, education. <laughs> education. Um. Well, that's gonna be Bill Kenny. B I. Okay. Uh, B I double L. Say, that's right. Spelling on the la- on the last name there. It's, a, it's the same as mine. Okay. How do yeah, you spell? My cousin. Yeah. Okay, hang on just a second here. C O N F L I C conflict conf- of interest. Okay. Listen, um, if there's any problems, just take it take it take it over to McIver and pretend he came up with the idea. Okay. Uh listen, if I just any think lawsuits, that, he can, you know. No, it's it's a it's a good point. I'll talk to Rick. Spelling on Rick, by the way. <laughs> Same as my Okay. <laughs> so I'm yeah, excited when we get to finance there. <laughs> this was uh, this was the this was the point I immediately brought up. Oh, so you want you want the premier who you already hate? I can tell because of the way that you're writing about him uh, to be able to choose whoever the hell he chooses, right? Just anybody he wants, regardless of you know. So you want the president of the bank to be in charge of the finance, right? right. Because in their books, that's what they want. They want someone who's knowledgeable about banks. So let's get I don't know the president of the Royal Bank. Let's make him the. The Minister of Finance. Do you, do you think that that the progressives would have any problem with that at all? <laughs> you know, it is it it is funny, right? I mean, I'm kind of thinking back to when um, all the you know the conservatives were ridiculing the NDP health minister for being a you know a somewhat uh, unhealthy looking woman, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say she was overweight or whatever, but. Um, and I always thought like that's kind of ridiculous, right? Like, does what if the chess if the 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 best chess player in the world doesn't look nerdy enough for you? Like, is that going to be a problem? You does know what the I mean? Minister and I, of Energy actually have to be like a like a rig pig? Is that what they're saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. And so, like, what you want is somebody who can manage a portfolio, manage a ministry, and and be outcome oriented, right? Hmm. And so, I think that like when you're talking about. Uh, the finance minister, like it's there uh, to some degree, they all fail us. They all let us down. Like I think Joe Cece, uh, I get where his proclivities lie and I, I understand his outlook on how the finances of the, of the province should have been done, but like he should have taxed us to the rate that he wanted to spend. And I think that, that, you know, all hell would have broken loose the same way it did in this last election. They were going to lose anyway, but the least he could have done was not saddle us with as much debt. He could have said, look, the penalty for electing us is an 8% sales tax and we're implementing it on day one. And you know, you're, you're just going to have to suffer through it. Yeah. It's interesting. Hindsight, you know, if you could go back a couple of years and say, Hey, Rachel, not going to work. You guys are getting killed in the next election. You lose over half your seats. Might as well crank up the, the sales tax. This is the only reason no one's put a sales tax in is that they're worried that that they're not going to get elected again. Yeah, no, but as, precisely. As we've said, I believe, and I believe this honestly. I believe that if anyone can do it, it'll be Kenny. I oh, and you know what? Put I, sales tax in and still get reelected. I think All it's in the back of his head. Yeah. It's in the back of his head. He's been a proponent of it in the past, and smart economists know that that it's um, 
the, you know, you, it's a great democratic way of extracting, um, you know, tax dollars from, from the public. But the thing about it to me is that Kenny's the one who's persuasive enough to convince Albertans that it's the way to go. And I think that given the fact that there's really no, uh, you know, right wing opposition right now, um, and any, you know, any opposition that pops up, like I think the Alberta party would have to go, hey, if they're pitching a sales tax, we'll do the same thing. So I think that you you could basically have it where if he led on the sales tax, all three parties would campaign on it. They just say that they'd do it better than the other one next time. Ours would be lower than theirs. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, not to broken record this, but it's got to come with the caveat that we get our, our income taxes lowered. We get the money somewhere else. Well, and as we said before, it lowers your equalization payments too, right? So it's it sort of plays into mm-hmm. that. You could that's how he spins it. Say, look, this is how it works, guys. I know you don't all get equalization payments. Math is hard, is what he would say. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? The uh, funny thing about it, Dave, is that the farther the farther away he gets from the NDP government, the less he can blame them for having to implement it. That's a good point. So it would have to happen soon. Mm-hmm. You'd have to say, guys, they spent so much money. In the last four years, that this is what we got to do to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. I wouldn't be shocked. Would not be shocked. All right, have we uh, have we rolled over Alberta enough? Yeah, I'm interested to see what's going to happen. You know, next. I mean, we've just kind of got the saber rattling and the challenges on the the turn off the taps bill, but I think there's more fun yet to be had. So let's move on to matters federal before we wrap this one up. Right. Okay. So. And also our big deal uh, within mm-hmm. the, the federal government. And the big deal is, uh, for me, it's why the hell does the liberal government insist on dragging this uh, SNC-Lavalin thing out into into its, what, third month now? You just won't let the thing die. Right. And, you know, I don't think the conservatives want it to die either. And and I I wonder, you know, I think that the journalists are the ones who are doing the most with it. Um you know, they're, they're kind of digging at the SNC thing. And I saw that the list of donors or alleged donors to the Liberal Party from SNC Lavalin came out. And it's like, it's just, it's so funny to me because what it is for the progressives in the country is it's an exercise in justifying the misbehavior of the Trudeau government. And it's, I don't know, it's appalling to me. It's the same thing it was with ad scam when Chrétien got busted. And, you know, it's a corrupt party. Just, you know, get used to it. And, Trudeau's a douche. He, t- he says one thing and he does something else. But and it's it's harder too because uh, it was they campaigned on on Justin, the personality. Yep. Like we're the good guys. Are you tired of the bad guys? We're the good guys. And of course they're not. They're no different than anybody else. But now that's it's hard to walk that back when the when your whole campaign was based around like we're going to bring in a different way to vote and we're everything's going to be great for us. You know, and we're the good guy. Oh, wait, you know, we did all these shitty things just like the last guest did. Oh, okay. Yeah. So here's the problem I have, right? I, I, I was watching, I guess the conservatives ran a commercial, you know, trying to put Andrew Shear's face in front of you so you'll recognize him this fall. And uh, I saw it at a bar and I was thinking to myself, like, you know, there's no volume on I couldn't hear what the commercial was saying. But I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm like, okay, uh, he's way cuter than Trudeau. <laughs> Like he looks way more boyish and innocent than Trudeau does. <laughs> and to the best of my knowledge, like he hasn't done anything scandalous personally. I think that his politics, he's kind of done some horse trading with the wrong people. But like, you know, Trudeau's got the whole kokanee grope thing in his past, right? And 
you know, like he's been going to the Aga Khan's island while he's talking about how we got to, you know, reduce our carbon footprint and all this stuff. Like there's just a ton of hypocrisy and general douchebaggery with Trudeau. And I'm looking at Andrew Shearer and I'm like, he's better looking, isn't he? Like he's a, he's adorable. Does, like who would you want babysitting your, your kids? Well, neither. Okay. Fair answer. <laughs> but the point is <laughs> what's wrong with Shearer? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm looking at uh, the uh, poll tracker. Eric Grenier, I believe that's pronounced Grenier or Grenier. I'll go with Grenier in this yeah. bilingual country of ours. Uh, so the poll averages. So this is an, a, an aggregate of all the polls, which is how we like to do things now. Sort of keeps the outliers from making things too weird. Uh, so we have the conservatives at 36.6% support. We got the liberals at 30.8. So let's say 36.5 and 31. Okay. NDP are at 15. Greens are at 9. Uh, the BQ is at 5. I wanted to say the DQs at five. The blizzards Hell. are selling well. Uh, the PPC is at two, and others are at one point eight. Well, the way, way to go, Maxim Bernier, with your. Uh, we'll see what that PPC is able to to do by uh by the fall. Um, so uh, sorry, I don't know. Do, do you want the seat counts? Does that interest uh, you? Let me guess. The projections. The seat, seat projections. Yeah. Um, I would say that that would be somewhere in the neighborhood. Of, sorry, I'm just trying to quickly do the math on 338 here. So I would say that at 36%, geez, I don't even know. What is the C projection? About 130 for the conservatives? 162. Oh my gosh, that's really high. Yeah. So they've, they've and, given them a lot of seats in Ontario. And yeah, and it may, I, I don't know honestly how they're pulling this together. They may have some like riding based polling as well. So. Hard to say. So 162 for the cons, uh, 129 for the liberal, 24 for the NDP, 20 for the BQ, three for the greens, and that's it. Three for the greens, hey? Yeah, hmm. that's what they're saying. Yeah. So the them. probabilities roll out as follows. Probability of conservatives winning a majority, 38%. Probability of conservatives winning a minority, 34 Wow. Liberals winning the most seats, but not a so minority, 21%. Liberals winning majority is at seven. Now, obviously, we're pretty far away from the election, but they're sitting at a seven yeah. percent chance of a majority. When mm. does that party start panicking? Well, they can't. They can't do anything, right? They can't change the leader. Yeah. Well, could they? No, could, sinks the boat. They. No, I think it's too late. Those, if they were yeah. going to do it, they had to do it before Jody Wilson Raybould left the party. Well, you can't. They just can't do it in the first term, right? So if they if they switched him out, and they basically would be admitting that Trudeau has done some something wrong, the the, the entire election narrative would be about that. You'd have they'd have to introduce somebody new. Like the election's like less than six months away. Like we're going to get to know who in that time that's going to make us want to vote for the Liberal Party, right? So there's absolutely no chance that they can do anything with it. So, so yeah, they're going to have to carry this you know, limping horse through the election. And I hope they get punished for it. Folks, we're, uh, we're switching out, Justin. Uh, let us introduce you to the new MP from, uh, from Victoria, Sarah McLaughlin, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you already know her. You already love her. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be, man, who could you get? Omar Cotter. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila Cops. <laughs> yeah, who, who, who repels, who repels, 
who could make conservatives uh, kind of hiss like the Hydra from the Hercules cartoon? Like if they got Omar Khadr, I think that, that would that would that would make everybody. <laughs> the, the narrative could easily be, "Oh, you're just being racist." Like, no, he was on trial. Like, he was, okay, okay he went to jail. <laughs> let's go the other way. Let's. Who could the liberals put in charge? It would have to be a celebrity because it has to be somebody everybody knows. Who could they put in charge that would sway conservative voters by going? Oh, you know, I, I kind of hate that party, but hey, that person, you know, full props. George Strombolopoulos. <laughs> What's his name uh, from Hockey Night Canada? Ron? Ron McLean. Yeah, but Ron I think McLean. he's a conservative. <laughs> I wonder if he's liberal. Um, uh, let's see. Well, because yeah, this is actually a really interesting question, Dave. Like, who has star power enough? Somebody from Dragon's Den, like Arlene Dickinson, or <laughs> well, what's his name? Already tried that, right? Kevin O'Leary. Well, yeah, ex- exactly, and it played right. People really uh, like Commander Hat Hat Hatfield. Yeah, that could play. That'd be interesting, actually. Yeah, that's actually I think maybe the best the best line you've come up with so far. Uh, what about TV shows? Is there anybody? Uh, Eugene Levy. Uh, See, the other part of it, too, is like you got to f- come up with somebody who's actually in Canada, right? Spends right. most of their time in Canada. Alex Trebek, like, would be a great op- option. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, lives in the States and Mike Myers. Great prognosis. There you go. <laughs> Mike Myers would, mm-hmm. be, would be the best prime minister because he'd be like, hey, guys, how's it going? Yeah. Well, and like, why not he, run a well, He did voices in the, the throne from the speech. It was fantastic. Right. Yeah, he did Wayne <laughs> and then he did Austin Powers. People will be tuning into that shit. I'll tell you that. Right you, you elected Shrek. How, like, how big a mistake could it possibly be? That's fantastic. No, so I, I feel think, like we've gotten uh, off topic here. Well, I just hope that the I, I hope that the numbers hold because I think that you know it's we we deserve to have an election. Um, it's almost, it's a plebiscite. It's basically going to be a referendum on whether or not you think that the government should be punished for going to bat for Canadian businesses, and if. Um, they're going to, if the standard is going to be, you know, Canadians are, are willing to give the liberal government of Canada, uh, the liberal party of Canada, you know, permission to, you know, kind of paper over, uh, these sort of illegal things that SNC Lavalin has been accused of, then, um, then I think that's precedent setting. And, and I mean, man, oh man, it's kind of, it kind of changes. It's a bit of a scarier country at the end of that day, I think. Well, I think you're right. Uh, so, and those those the switch in uh, who was leading happened in mid February. So that's 100 percent that it has to be that issue. There's nothing else that's happened mm-hmm. in the meantime that would change people's minds. So clearly, it's uh, Canadians are uh, annoyed or appalled with the SNC Lavalin thing or the government's handling thereof, mm-hmm. or both. Right? Has exactly. to be. Has mm-hmm. to be. Uh, I have a feeling I know how most talkies feel about it, uh, as often we discuss uh, such matters in our Facebook group, which is the beleaguered talkies. So if you're on the Facebook and you wish to join, just uh, just ask and we will approve you. Uh, And then we also have the National Talkie League, uh, where less discussion happens because the super fans are all or they're all everything is over in the VIP room. Yeah, that's nobody's, right. Yeah. Nobody's hanging out at this bar. They're all drinking champagne, half price lap dances. It's way yes. better in the Beleaguer Talkies Facebook group. Uh, that's it for me, Dave. My clip is empty, senor. 
Uh, oh, so yes, so we've already uh, discussed the Facebook thing. So uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so there, or you can uh, you can also check out our website, nationaltalkyleague.com, and uh, leave us some email if that's how you roll. Uh, if you'd like to go and uh, leave us a, a some kind of review in your favorite podcast app of choice, we would always love that. Uh, mostly, we love it more when you tell your friends and family about us because it just makes Roger's mom so happy to know oh, that. She- she just beams. She is, and she's so nice. Roger's mom is nice. Lovely I remember gal. I I spent an evening with her in Edmonton once, and it was um, fantastic. Roger, just fantastic. What uh, all what, night? What sorry? Uh, well, I I wouldn't say all night. No, I mean we 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 did what we had to do, and then we went our separate ways. I but uh, my wife was midnight. there the whole time. It's okay. <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> Where were your kids? Oh my god! That was a Paul McCartney concert for anybody. That not was. That's right. I uh, I had bought four seats and uh, couldn't use two of them, and ended up selling them to Roger's mom. So and she Aww. was fantastic and lovely, and it was a, it was a wonderful evening. Anyways, <laughs> I don't know why we're bringing that up, now, uh, but but we were in the middle of a wrap up. So yeah, so there's yeah, tell your friends, tell your family, and uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, have yourself a great sports weekend.